0: As it is to believe, uh, we're now kicking off Season 8 today. And welcome, yes I know, it's very exciting, Timothy. Uh, Welcome to uh, another episode of Swing Thoughts. A very, very special episode today. Uh, We've been talking about this for a couple weeks and we'll tell you uh, in a second in case you missed it. Uh, It's uh, Coach Tim, O'ConnorGolf.ca, and of course Golf Spiritual Leader. Uh, excited to start recording again every week you know the winter season is always a little bit you know haphazard in terms of when we get together but it's good to see you again sir.
1: Good to see you too welcome back to the great white North otherwise known just is Canada after your Mexican sojourn did the did the cold slap you in the face
0: It did briskly. I'll tell you uh, later when we're talking about uh, the state of our games I'll tell you it's the longest I've ever spent. Working on my golf game in the winter, and I just kind of took for granted, um, you know how what a great how grateful I was to be able to do that. But also, as speaking of what you just said, I hadn't worn pants. <laughs> I hadn't. It's funny. I realized on Saturday when I got on the plane from Mexico, I'm like, I'm wearing pants for the first time since January.
1: Um, Is that a throwback to COVID that none of us wore belts for a year?
0: No, exactly. Um, Anyway, welcome everyone We're excited to have you here back with us For uh, the first week of the new season As always, uh, brought to you by TaylorMade Golf Canada uh, And the new TaylorMade Stealth 2 Introducing the all new TaylorMade Stealth 2 Stealth 2 Plus and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods Designed with more carbon More forgiveness That's right Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. I picked up my uh, new driver on Monday. I was in the lab with uh, the guys at TaylorMade. That's pretty, uh, you know, we've talked about the uh, elements of why stealth is so good. But I tell you, you know what I said to the guy? I said, I don't, I'm not very technical. I just like the fact that it's shiny.
1: <laughs> I just like the fact you got home probably Saturday near your midnight, very first business day. You're probably at the door of TaylorMade oh, yeah. on Monday before the open. Hello? Is anyone in there?
0: Oh, yeah. It's funny. Like I for, I saw my kids, which was a priority, and then I'm like, okay, good to see you guys. Daddy's got to go to TaylorMade. <laughs> um, also, our newest sponsor today, we want to make a uh, mention And we've kind of been hinting at this for a couple of weeks. Who is OscarBravo.com? Go and check out this brand of golf polos and golf uh, attire. All we're going to tell you about it for the meantime, it's unlike any other golf stuff we've ever seen. Would that be fair?
1: Absolutely. And you'll be the only person at your club to be festooned in such sartorial splendor. (laughs) <laughs> that is so well said. If you're looking to be festooned, who
0: is Oscar Bravo dot com is where we'd like you to go. And now, without further ado and delay, um, I said to this gentleman a few minutes ago, I said there are very few people that have been on our show that literally need no introduction. And I think it's fair to say we've had a lot of very well-known golf people on this program over eight years but we'd be hard-pressed to find somebody more recognizable not only in speech and in in visage but in knowledge and in impact on the world of golf over the last 40 years than our guest today please say hello and the thing is it's weird he looks just like himself please say hello to david ledbetter sir welcome to the program
2: Thank you, thank you, Howard. Pleasure to be here. And I, I, I like your music. I had a radio show on Sirius XM for a, a number of years, and uh, Sultan of Swing was uh, my introductory uh, music piece. So, uh, well, you are good, the
0: Sultan good, of good, Swing.
2: Good, chat, good taste of music, there, guys.
0: Well, thank you, <laughs> sir. You
2: see
1: the influence you have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's hard to know, and one of the reasons, David. One of the reasons David's here. Um, we interviewed a gentleman a few months ago Who uh, liked our vibe Andy Broomer And happened to be talking to Mr. Ledbetter And said, hey, you know, you're know, you out promoting a, a training aid Which we're going to get to uh, These two knuckleheads from Canada Do a different kind of golf show and, and here you are And and there's so many places, Tim I'm sure that you've thought about this Where to begin with, David But I just want to say in, in 40 years of following the game of golf and meant when I said, Mr. Ledbetter, there are very few people that have had an influence on the world of instruction. Do you ever think sit back and think about what what that how that's transpired from the the early days of being on, around the European tour to where you are now?
2: I, I do sometimes I have to pinch myself on, honestly to because it's uh, it's it's really been an amazing journey, and I can't believe it. I'm actually into my sixth decade of actually Teaching and coaching because I started teaching when I was, believe it or not, seventeen years old. I turned pro when I was very young, and I was an assistant pro. You know, I was born in England, but I grew up in Southern Africa and Zimbabwe or Rhodesia as it was then. And I I became an assistant pro when I was seventeen, and you know, I was teaching from day one. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, certainly, but uh, that was a way I could make some money because I wanted to wanted to play, and so. You know, I gave lessons. I used to hustle for lessons, and um, so it, it was sort of that was my, uh, I suppose my in my in the early years it really uh, I don't know. It gave I, I really enjoyed it from from day one. I really enjoyed trying to help people. So I suppose I had a calling in, in some ways. So uh, I, I do think that. I mean, it's amazing the journey that I've I've gone through. Uh, and and I wouldn't. People say, how would you change things? And I don't think I would. I mean, it's it's. The game of golf has given me so much. I mean, obviously, it's the other side of the coin. Would I have rather been you know, a successful tour player? Well, probably. I mean, I think that was the my initial goal. Uh, but having said that, I think I, I chose the broader profession, which really allowed me to, I don't know, but I suppose in, in a way, I, I've always been a, a teacher in some form or shape. My, my grandfather was one of, Britain's leading osteopath, and he was blind and so he had this knack or instinctive ability to sort of help people put their ha- put his hands on them and actually feel things so whether some of that rubbed off I don't really know it might have done you know according to my mother it did but anyway um uh, so yeah it's it, it is it's, it's 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 incredible really you know when I think in terms of uh, I've had I had no idea in sitting out I was, I had no goal to be a great teacher it was just something i i love to do trying to help people and from there spawned all these other things whether it be academies and books and training aids and you know etc etc and so um it, you know we've sort of somewhat created an industry and so i mean it's, it's very nice you know people like butch harman and what have you sort of say hey well David sort of was a pioneer in this field. So uh, in some ways, yeah, it's, 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 it's very, I'm very grateful for all of that and the things that have
1: happened. Well, Mr. Ladbear, I want to ask... Um, yeah, well, you
2: better keep calling me David, okay? Because I say, Mr. <laughs> is like, you know, okay. it's a little yeah, Well,
1: you know, but... it's just, I actually think it's a pretty interesting tradition in golf for those people that you really respect, Mr. Yes, Yellon yes, and Mr. Palmer. True. So thank you for that invitation. <laughs> David, what changed for you in terms of you personally as a coach and working with Nick Faldo Mm. and what change do you think that made to you mentioned earlier kind of like the industry of the golf coach as as almost like an industry
2: well yeah it's interesting you say that because I mean it's no question look I, I started working with some of my compadres I suppose uh Having just come back from Mexico, but anyway, um, the you know people like uh, you know Nick Price. I mean, Nick was a sort of a has been a lifelong friend of mine. Dennis Watson, Mark McNulty. So you take all these people from Southern Africa who I grew up with and played with. Uh, they were sort of my early victims, if you will, and um, guinea pigs. And you know, Nick Fowler, no question changed my career because they like, say, oh. Our association was well chronicled. I think that was the thing. I mean, because here was Nick Faldo, who, you know, who literally said and s- throw the book at me. Let's okay, let's start over here. I mean, he'd already, you know, he'd, he'd already sort of won the Order of Merit in Europe, and he he won Hilton Head, I think, in 1984 because we started in 1985, and uh, we sort of went to work and not knowing really. I mean, okay, so I mean, I was treading water to some extent because here I, he's he sort of put his his life i suppose to some extent in my hands and so i had a lot of there's a lot of responsibility there and and it was the interesting thing uh, tim was that we sort of plan on about a two-year program i mean i think i think today with all the technology etc cetera, etc cetera, we might have uh shortcut that but uh shorten the time period but anyway we, we figured about two years is look Let's just give ourselves a two year plan here and it was interesting when he won his first major at Muirfield in nineteen eighty seven it was it was like two years and a month <laughs> it was wow. ironic and so and I think it was so well chronicled even even back then obviously today with social media i mean you'd know every second what somebody was doing, but then it was you know, even the newspapers i mean they were saying well, well what's happened to Nick faldo he's, he's you know he's what who's this uh, unknown coach that he's working with. He's ruining our boy and blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, it, it was really, uh, you know, I was I was, my name was sullied in a lot of, <laughs> in most publications and newspapers and so on and so forth. And, you know, it's funny how things turn as soon as he won, you know, as soon as he won. But, um, so, oh, well, look, obviously it was worth it. <laughs> so, but it was, it was a, a, a learning experience, not only for him, but certainly for me, just to I mean, I had the ideal student, somebody who was bound and determined and didn't let anything uh, get in the way of his uh, goal and his dream and his desires, and, I mean, he really worked hard. I mean, all credit to him, and I so say he couldn't have found a better student in reality, somebody who really just put their mind to it and, hey, went out and played, didn't play well, came back, we keep working on it, we keep working on it, and so we had a, we had a goal, as far as what we felt he had to do in his golf swing. I mean, essentially, I mean, in, in, a, in, a, in a few words, I mean, I remember when I first saw Nick, I actually first saw Nick when he was 18, believe it or not, that he was playing the tournament in, uh, well, I think we're at Victoria Falls. Uh, there we go. There was a Victoria Falls classic. I'd say so it was part of the South African tour. And, uh, he was um, he was playing that as an 18-year-old. I think he just turned professional. And and you know, I mean, he had sort of the old style swing of the sixties, you know, high hand sort of reverse C finish, and so on and so forth. And um, but you know, beautiful rhythm. I even remember that at uh, that stage. And so, but when I prior to me working with him, uh, I remember this was the days the days that coaches could actually walk inside the ropes at Augusta or walk the. Uh, the course he was playing, I think he would play with Nick Price at the time, but uh, in a practice round. And I remember how high he hit it, and how little roll he had on it. You know, it was amazing how much spinning imparted, and it was like the ball would, you know, several times. I mean, the fairways were damp. I remember, and it would pitch and almost come backwards. And so his major goal when we sat down was was to win the Open. I mean, he really wanted to win the Open, and he felt that look he had to learn. To flight the ball better and to control the ball in the wind, and so you know with that sort of very sort of upright swing that he had and this sort of big you know hang back and reverse C, I mean he he didn't flight the ball very well. So the things we ter- we worked on really was to sort of round his swing off to get to get more compact to be able to use his body more in the swing rather than his hands and his arms. And you know it was a it, it was amazing that. Yeah, he he certainly drove the ball better after that. But the big thing is what he became a much much better iron player. Because if you look at historically at all the greats, they've all been great iron players. Yeah, I mean. People who wanted Augusta I mean Virtually I mean One of them Has been a great Iron player That being able to
0: Well control. certainly certainly, Nicholas yeah. and, and, and Tiger Woods But like, David yeah. If you don't mind I'm just going to jump in Because there's a whole Bunch of stuff uh, And and we love hearing Your stories But there's a few things I wanted to ask you About the nature Of change And there's Two things quickly If we can just get A, a couple of answers When you first started With Nick uh, Faldo was it because it was all unknown in those days, and as you say now, maybe you could have truncated the time uh, with technology, but it was a two year plan and that must have been a bit scary for you because you were a contemporary ish of those guys price watson faldo and here's this guy who's already had some success who's putting himself in your hands so that's part one was that was that ever in those were you a bit nervous like what if i screw this up and secondly what does that say to the well maybe we can talk about this after because i do want to explore this idea with you which I, I find fascinating, and a lot of golfers do, the nature of change in golf. Because Nick Price took two years, it was his full time job to get better at golf, and it took that long to make a change. The average person hears that and goes, Well, I heard Ledbetter said something. I'm going to go try it out this weekend. So <laughs> let's talk about first your, just as a guy, a young man at the time thinking, What if I screw this up?
2: Yeah, you know, I, the funny thing is, honestly, uh, how I, I didn't have any thoughts in, in that direction whatsoever. I just, you know, a few years ago, people asked you, well, how do you figure out what you're going to work on with the player? What, what, How do you, where do you start? I mean, you know, obviously you can look at the basics and grip posture, you know, swing playing, blah, blah, blah. And so I said, you know, and I, and I think this is, you know, I'm a very visual person. I actually create a picture in my mind of how I think this particular individual should swing the club. And that's the model I work towards. So when I first saw Nick, I said, you know, and this is the time, I mean, you've got to remember that um, people give me all the credit for working, you know, with a with a, a great player and helping him to, well, becoming a great player. and uh, But prior to that you know Hank Haney sort of started working quite a bit with Mark O'Meara and so uh, who made some really good changes with Mark and so pretty much on the same lines actually yeah Mark had a very upright swing when he was younger and so on and Hank sort of rounded him off so uh, and in fact you know Nick used to you, you know he spoke to Mark O'Meara about it and about how, what his changes that he was working on etc so you know, he came in, he came in with eyes wide open. And I, you know, he said, look, I know it's going to, it's, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of trial and error. And so we, we're really, this is going to be a team effort. And it, it really was. So I didn't have any misgivings about the fact that, that we wouldn't get to where we want to get to. I just didn't, you know, I mean, we just threw this two year, <laughs> two year number out, and it just happened to be that. But you know, th- there was there was progress along the way, but he was such a perfectionist, he wouldn't allow himself to actually play well uh, in the interim. It's like he he was almost he was taking his practice, tea thoughts, his his uh, technical thoughts, if you will, onto the golf course, which is, as we know is not ideal. Mm-hmm. And so, but he was so bound to the Okay, I'm going to get this. It wasn't as if he said, "Okay, I'm going to work on this, go and play for three weeks, forget about it, and then come back," which is what. Most players would do. No, Nick would say, "No, okay, I'm going to work at this. I'm going to do my drills." You know, we we beat, we were known for the drills that we worked on. I mean, probably most of the drills that I've come up with over the years. I mean, probably Nick Faldo probably tried them or worked with them. And uh, I mean, you can see some of his his sort of uh, stuff that he does these days. You know, are sort of the drills that we used to work on together. So, uh, so no, I, I mean, I was very, very I was very confident, and he was very confident, and that's really. Uh, you know the energy between us was it was pretty amazing and so he had no misgivings whatsoever he completely trusted what I was saying, and I you know and I just was very confident in what we were doing and and the stages that we went through in order to to get to that the point where he got to
1: so about that the nature of change that Howard was talking about this too really fascinates me and and most golfers I would Suggest are like how come I can't change? You know, I right. try this, try this, try this, and it never, Things don't seem to work. So, mm-hmm. in terms of your work with Nick Faldo, was it a matter of things like he was able to just put results out of his mind, process, delay gratification? Did you have a process of where you, in essence, held him accountable? I'm just interested in that process of change.
2: Yeah, well, it was a combination of things, Tim. And um, <laughs> yes, to all of those uh, all those little questions that you have there. But, you know, essentially, I think that the thing is, I mean, you have to put the responsibility on the player. I mean, look, the coach can only do so much. You can't hit the ball for them. And, you know, it, it is a case of obviously helping to build somebody's belief system up. Which we were constantly doing, and so, and and you saw, you know, there were little bits of lights at the end of the tunnel, even during the early stages. <coughs> so it wasn't as if it was all bad at all. It was, you uh, know, I mean, some good times some periods where, even after a few weeks, months, that we started to see some progress, and you know, that was a time really. You know, I was a big advocate of video at the time. I mean, because. Um, I was one of the first coaches, really. To I, I remember one time I was out at a tournament, and I had you know one of those old VHS cameras, those big clunking things. You know, it was like yeah, you know, <laughs> it's right. sort of, like, you know It's like with, the size of a you know, smart.
0: You're or, walking around with something you know, the size of a smart car. It's like,
2: yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, and so I remember I was at a tournament. I think, and this was sort of just maybe, yeah, probably. Mid '80s, probably. I certainly was just after I started working with Nick. I think, but I remember I was at a tournament, and uh, it it was crazy because I mean I must have had, you know, not that I worked with all of them, but you know, I I probably saw fifteen tour players that week who never actually seen their swings before on video. I mean, it was crazy. You know, it's like, and you think now, I mean, it's, I mean, not only we're talking about video, we're talking about you know launch monitors and force plates etc cetera, etc cetera. and so I mean it was really we were it, so it was uh, it was eye-opening and the fact that he was a very he's a very visual type player too that so video really helped him and you know I, I was all I've always been a you know an instruction buff if you will and I mean I had fo- photographs of different players and you know scrap you know scrapbooks of players and so on and so forth and so we sort of looked at all this and made comparisons and uh, so it, it it was sort of a combination of things that uh, and that allowed us to get to where we got to I mean some of it we muddled through some of it was as I say trial and error as I mentioned um, but it was um, I mean it was a real lesson for me in learning to be patience and maybe taking one step forward, half a step backwards and that sort of thing. Well, and, David, uh, let
1: me just
0: jump in with, let me come in on that word patience, because I'm going to tell you a quick story. And I've told this story on the air a few times about my older brother, who is a, an avid player, you know, late sixties, early seventies, uh, shoots, uh, you know, 14 handicap. A, a couple of years ago, he called me and said, he was disgusted with his game. He goes, I've got to completely overhaul my swing. And I said to him, Are you going to be moving into Ledbetter's basement? (laughs) He said, what do you mean? I said, because unless you're moving in with David Ledbetter, like go live at his house for a year, you're not overhauling anything. And I I bring that up because I I know he'll find this amusing that we're actually talking to you now. But I've used you as a reference when I've talked to people about, well, they want to change something in their swing. And I go, what's so let me just say this to you now that you're here. What is realistic? Because we're not all Nick Faldo and we don't have you standing on the range with us for two years and a month. As a guy that is a leader in instruction, academies and training aids and books, what do you say to the average person? What's realistic for them?
2: Okay, so so here's the thing. I have a theory that, and it seems to have worked out over the years, that when you get to sort of... um, mid to late 20s. You've sort of formed a DNA for your for your technique. I mean, we were at the very edge with, with Nick Thaler because I think he was 28 when we started. So, you know, you see players in their 30s and their 40s, and they're trying to make big swing changes. I mean, maybe it can work on the range. Maybe it can work at times. But you get under the gun, and guess what? Old habits uh, reappear. And so... You know, to answer your question, there, uh, Howard, it's. Uh, I, I think that look, one has to be very, very careful. Look, there are certain, there are certain basics. I think that uh, that you can follow. I mean, if you look at golf swings, I mean, they are like fingerprints. They're all very, very different. Uh, there are what what is a commonality with with all these great players? I mean, we, I mean, players have tried to swing like, I mean. It, Tiger, for instance. I mean it was just I think happenstance that Adam Scott used to look a little bit like Tiger. I mean, obviously he probably had a vision in his mind of Tiger and the fact they were working with Butch, it was sort of a I think pure coincidence though, because you just don't see it. You don't say you don't say, Well, look, that's this guy's Joe Blow. His swing is exactly the same as Sam you know, it, it just doesn't happen. I mean, the mannerisms. The I mean, we're all different with the way we're built, the way we think. Uh, it, it's it's incredible that you know the. Yes, there are certain fundamentals, but I mean, even you, know, you even if you you work on certain fundamentals, posture, etc. I mean, the player still looks different. So you know, I think amateur golfers have to be very careful about. I mean. Especially today, look. There's so much information out there. Look, you can go on YouTube, and I think there's about seven million pieces of advice on the golf swing. Yeah, right? that, that was seven. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going
0: to say that was seven million that was uploaded during your interview. <laughs>
2: yeah, so, yeah, and unfortunately, you see some people standing on the tee trying to think of all seven million pieces at once. You know, so but uh, you know, I, th- I think it's you know, look, I think it's absolutely desirable maybe to sort of improve and work on things but i do think you need to have somebody overseeing it you know find a good teacher find a good uh, pga professional in your area who can help to devise a plan for you because i mean there's a lot of factors that go into it i mean how much time do you have to plan for it what are your goals what what's your physical ability like what's your what's your talent level like i mean all this has to be sort of thrown into the mix and then you come out with a plan for this individual right we can't we can't sort of tar everybody with the same brush. And, I mean, that's why, look, yeah, I've written, what, whatever, nine books now or something. And, I mean, what, that probably, maybe 25% of the readers are going to get something out of it because people interpret things differently. Yeah, you know, of course. The old thing, there's a big difference between feeling real, right? So um, so it's a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky thing. But if you, if you want to get a plan, I mean, look, there's certain things that amateurs can do to to get better. Look, I mean, as you get older, hey, Try to do some sort of flexibility exercises to keep your to keep your motion going. Okay, maybe lose a little bit of weight so you keep your energy levels up through the through the round. Um, hey, get a good get a get a good solid setup position there with a good grip. You know, do some things. Maybe find a couple of drills that you know that have worked in the past. That you know, if, if, a, if your coach has given them to you, you work on those on a regular basis. You know, people tend to sort of, hey, we're well, let's try this. Let's try that. I mean, look, we're all guilty as as people in the business, writing and what have you. I mean, you know, I mean, I, 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 as I say, I, I always say, well, you know, am I bringing anything out new? Well, probably not. The wrapping may be a little bit different, but really the presence <laughs> exactly the same. And so, and and I have to say that probably – you know I wrote my my first golf book I wrote was called The Golf Swing back in 1989. And okay? both, had, both, fact, both, I, by
0: the way both of us on, both of us have that have book. We both have
2: yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was it. just on before we before we started chatting here I was just on the lines of David Frost who was a model in that book. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, you know. So and so um, uh, it's. It, it, I mean, he still looks at some of those uh, pictures and thoughts, and still, you know, that's what he does. You know, he's on the championship so he's in the sixties now. So, uh, you know, I have to. The one thing I'm, I have to say, when people say, "Well, listen, have you changed your philosophy over the years?" I wouldn't say I've changed it. It's evolved.
0: I mm-hmm. mean,
2: mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I've got into sort of studying a, a lot more about biomechanics. A great friend of mine, his name is JJ Reve, one of the world's leading biomechanists, who's. Uh, associate to the european tour and does all this sort of screening and testing and it's amazing you know what you what you find out now with the biomechanics aspect of, of the game you know it's almost like it's the internal workings that you that you find out about rather than just purely the the outside cosmetic stuff you know so it's you know it's the old thing it's like you know well it's form over function type thing, you know, and I'm going to
1: jump. That's, that's where I'm going to jump right in. So you talked about uh, social media and how, you know, we're bombarded with all this information. So, and it's a lot of the things that we see in social media, it's, it's pretty uh, uh, we get sucked in, shall we say, what do you think about the whole idea of someone trying to swing According to some, to a model, there was stack and tilt. There was the X factor. There's the single plane swing, or people try to swing like, say, Rory McElroy or Lydia Ko. What do you think about that whole thing around trying to trying to swing like someone or adhere to a model versus perhaps owning your own swing?
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I just don't think it works. It, it really doesn't. And so I think that as a teacher. I think. I mean, I have all these ideas. I mean, look, I'll take things from a, a stack and tilt, which has been some good stuff. in it. Some good stuff in all of it, you know. But it it doesn't mean that it's good for everybody. I mean, look, your your own late great Mo Norman. I mean, they try to bring out a method based on him, you know, whatever natural golf, or whatever it was called, you know. And so, single
1: plane swing.
2: Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, you know, thick grips and no wrist set, and so on and so forth, and so yeah it worked for Mo obviously, but I mean the guy hit you know three thousand balls a day and uh, you know and <laughs> that's so, right I mean I used, to, I used to watch him practice a lot you know back in the day when he was down in Florida and so uh, um, but you know I mean it's it's sort of an you know golf swings very you know very individual, isn't it when you look at it and so we're all going to swing differently we're and I think you know in the end it's like look how, how how does that player get the club face on the ball in a consistent fashion? And so that's ultimately what you're working to as a coach, as a teacher. That's what you're working towards.
0: You know, I, we've been talking a lot about, as you can tell, the, the nature of change. When we started the show eight years ago, our interest was we thought to to be a bit different. We would talk primarily with people about the mental side of the game. And lately, we've had a lot of conversations like this about, you know, form and, and change and evolution of a golfer. And, and one of the things that you sort of introduced famously, but it's, it's exploded is the idea of training aids. A very good friend of ours, Martin Chuck from Tour Striker. Uh, we know Sean Foley well, and you're no different. You've got a bunch of items that potentially can help a golfer in their you know, in their, in their desire to make small fundamental changes, and I was watching right. your the, the the product you have now is called the Straightaway, and and one of the things I loved about watching the video this morning is you're not telling somebody you need to change your golf swing to look like Rory, you're saying there's a fundamental in the golf swing. In the first couple of feet of this motion, there's some absolutes. Now, you can do whatever you want physically and how you look, but talk a little bit about the straightaway uh, and why you think that first move off the ball is so important.
2: Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I've always sort of looked at sort of the start of the swing including I mean grip and posture are really important because that affects the first movement I mean so assuming somebody has a fairly decent grip and a fairly decent posture and they're maybe they're aiming okay uh, but you know apart from that I mean I think the common denominator if you look at virtually virtually every player now there are a couple of exceptions I have to say but if you look at virtually every player they, they have a distinct look where as they move the club back, the hands stay in, and the club head is out. Okay, and and to me, it's a very difficult move. It's always been a very difficult move for me to not not to understand, but to actually get it through to a student. Hey, this is what is supposed to happen. It's interesting if you hold the club out in front of you. If you're holding a you know almost like a baseball bat, plane. I mean, if you move it back, it's like you know the triangle moves together, and you if you stop it, maybe after you've moved the the butt of the club maybe a foot you have a look at it the club is outside the hand But mm-hmm. you know the, I think you know the big thing especially when you look at amateurs is that you know they you know I don't like the term takeaway, and although I, I use it now more than I have done I've always used the term move away because to me there's always has to be a connection you know the two most important ingredients in a swing obviously are the motion of the body and the motion of the hands and the arms and how you tie those two together in a in a synchronized fashion and to me if you look at the interesting thing is when you look at players today um it's interesting how look look how many of them work on what i would call what i call the modern waggle okay whereby you know you, you look at them all i mean it's 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 justin, thomas, Bird, yeah, well, justin thomas yeah that's yeah justin thomas i mean i mean they're all at it i mean and you was doing that where was doing it for years process. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, w- you know, we used to work a lot with Mike, you know, and Mike d- did that. Uh, I mean, that was part of his routine, and it's it's interesting now. You don't see too many players with the old sort of you know flippy wristed <laughs> sort of waggles. <laughs> That's thing. right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You don't, and uh, maybe Jason Duffner, he, he still does it, I think. But um, oh yeah, but uh, you know, even you no know, the Hogan, even a Nexus waggle, I mean, it was all about okay, we'll get the tension out of there. Well, yeah, that's one part of it. But it's interesting how, you know, what is the point of working on things in your swing if the start is incorrect? Sure, Because you're going to be compensating, right? I mean, right. it's as so simple as that. I mean, and we know, hey, I, you know, I would say, you know, I mean, I'm going to say point blank. I say when, when Rory gets in trouble with his swing, you know, we all say, hey, well, he gets the club stuck behind him and underneath and what have you. But that's the effect. If you look at, it's interesting when he makes, you know, he, he's, he's done a little TikTok thing about, hey, I always like to keep the club in front of me. I don't want to get the club behind me. Well, the problem is if you shove it out going back, you know, there's a, you think in terms of, I, I use this as an example because of, to me, synchronizing a swing is probably the most important ingredient in the swing. and It's not talked about that much. People say, oh, well, he's out of rhythm or he's, you know, his timing's off or something. And so they generalize. But if you think about it, if you're going to fly from New York to Toronto, you sure as hell wouldn't go through L.A. to get there. Okay, you wouldn't sort of – okay, so you're going to – Not unless you have a really
0: bad uh, travel agent, you wouldn't, David.
2: <laughs> exactly. But so my point being is that, you know, the more efficient you can make your backswing from a, a standpoint of the, the head, the hands, moving on a simple track – the more chance you've got of synchronizing your arms and your body. Because you've got to remember your body, your body sort of turns or rotates, coils, however you want to term it, to a certain extent, almost in a similar fashion every time. But now the distance that, you know, if you look at amateurs who sort of whip the club behind them, they then lift it up, and then you know, it's like so many faults you can actually trace back to the takeaway, to the stop. And so this this little device that we've come up with, because I, I'm really excited about it because to me, in all our testing, we've done it with lots of different players, you know, from seniors to men, women, juniors. The, uh, juniors, for instance, have, a lot of times have, tend to have bad takeaways because they're using clubs that are too long and too heavy for them. So they're just struggling to get the club back. And so, yeah, you do get the, the odd guy like a, a John Daly, who sort of, you know, he, his is a, an exception. And you could go back to Raymond Floyd, or you could go back to Nancy Lopez. You could even go back to Lee Trevino, who sort of worked the club away almost with their hands. But it's interesting, you know, they they, they managed to sync up in a different way. So synchronizing, to me, where you can synchronize the arm swing with the body rotation is what it's all about. And and the big thing with training aids, you know, and I brought out a few and some have done really well over the period, and I think this one's the best of all, because what it does, guys, it it gives you a feel for what you want to do. As mm-hmm. a coach, we're trying to Im- implant and discuss more a feeling that somebody can utilize rather than Sort of a, a list of thoughts. Okay, there's a big difference between thought and feel, right? I mean, so
1: mm-hmm.
2: this if if you can work on something, and to me, people a lot of people don't have much time to work on stuff. So this straightaway is where you can actually make practice swings at home. You can hit balls with it, and it's it, and it works. It works just as well with pitching and chipping as it does with a full swing. So what it does, it guarantees you make a perfect stop. We call it the tour takeaway, and so. Um, and so this little get i don't know if we can see it on here, but there it is. it fits on here, you know it clips onto your club just beneath the grip, and uh it it's it looks like almost like a little fire engine or something no it's very cute <laughs> um by the way, is this in, in
0: in our final couple of minutes it's called the Straightaway, and when yeah. is this going to be available for people i can I mean, you can go look it up online right now, but when will people be able people able to get it
2: probably about uh Hopefully in the next sort of three weeks or so. Okay. So we we wanted it. We wanted it out for the Masters. Obviously, the Masters. You know, maybe apart from Canada, is really the start of the golf season, right? So oh no, no. People, listen, listen,
0: David. You know where we are in Toronto. There were golf courses open as of yesterday.
2: Oh wow, that's great. That's yeah. Great. So
0: that's um, great. it's it's called the straightaway, and it's just to describe it. It fits on your club, and it comes with right. some alignment. And basically, just shows you the first couple of feet of your swing. It gives yeah, you, as you said, you
2: know it you know if you're right if you know if you're wrong you have an alignment stick, al- uh, on your toe line you you work it back you check it out It literally you only have to move the, the butt of the club of foot and you will see um, exactly where you should be and you just rehearse that move in fact you know, you know obviously we've got academies all over the world and part of our training program now is like hey try to develop the modern waggle with amateurs because if they can get that start where their arms are relaxed and they can move the club away correctly and know they're doing it right, that's the key because the problem is, you know, we you work on it with a player and then, hey, before you know the next time they come, they've either overdone it or they haven't done it enough or mm-hmm. what have you. So this is pretty much, this is pretty much sort of, uh, I mean, it gives you the perfect tour takeaway. And so, I mean, and anybody can do it. That's the key, guys. It's like you don't have to be athletically you know, inclined. Uh, you don't have to be a, a wonderfully talented golfer. You don't have to be that strong, you know, any age. And you, everybody can get off to a good start. If you get <laughs> off to a good start, I mean, you know, I always, you know, I wrote a, an article years ago that most people should start the swing from halfway back because most of the problems on the golf swing Happened in the first, you know, meter or three feet, you know. That was the A-swing.
0: Yeah, was that was that? the A-swing. A a swing.
2: Yeah, the, the A-swing was sort of a, look, an exaggerated version of what I, I mean, because one of my favorite swingers of all time was Calvin Peet, and if you look at that Calvin Peet, I mean, he's the, it pits me, the A-swing, and the, you know, we're we're talking about steeping the backswing and shallowing the downswing, and. Uh, let's face it. You know Jim Furyk probably is a heck of it is a is a really good role model for a lot of amateurs out there who want to shallow the club coming down in order to hit a draw and get rid of that cursed slice. David, I,
1: I wanted to ask before we let you go. Um, you talked about a good good start. So yeah, as Howard said, it's the start of the golf season in Canada and certainly um, northern United States as well. You talked about syncing up, and you also talked a few minutes ago about. Feel versus thinking, so as the golf season starts, perhaps it's with your training device or just on their on their own. Mm-hmm. What we suggest to golfers is 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 what they take to the golf course. is it perhaps focusing on that feeling of the sequence versus say having you know a list of swing thoughts well i think look <coughs> ideally hey you don't have a you don't
2: have a swing check right you don 't work with your teacher or a teacher of note and hey, let, let, let's do some basic stuff here. Let me, let's check this. I mean, Jack Nicklaus used to do this with Jack Grout at the start of every golf season. Yeah. He said, okay, think of me as a beginner. Okay, let's go through the grip, go through the posture, go through the alignment, go through the ball position, go through my rotation, uh, you know, my hip my, my hip release and so on. So he would sort of go through it. And so I think, you know, doing, doing a couple little drills, you know, just some pivot drills with a club behind your back, if you're between your elbows. Working on that sort of loading into your right side if you're a, a, a right-handed golf. I know a lot of lefties in Canada, so into your left side is, uh, <laughs> as you as you're going back, your trail leg, as people like to call it now. Okay, work into your trail leg. You know, get some pressure moving down into your into your lead foot uh, I, have to, I have to think inclusive <laughs> language I know you're that's trying right. hard yeah yeah I mean I, you know it's sort of sort of woke woke golf language in my turn. that's my so funny <laughs> <two>. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah in fact you know I'm, I'm just finishing another book right now um, which is sort of a, I wrote a book years ago called Faults and Fixes and this one's called You Fix It got and, that, uh, by the
0: way got that book too sir just so you know <laughs>
2: Well, you know, this is a very quick story. So, uh, you know, the, the writer Ron Kospisky from Golf Digest, you know, he the first after after the first sort of copy that he sent me, and uh, everything was trail and lead and trail and lead, and I said, you know, Ron, I said, look, it's like I have to think about what's the trail, what's the lead. I said, you know, what you're going to do? We're going to write a paragraph. Listen, I'm sorry for you lefties there, but is, <laughs> what you're gonna do is just walk it around, okay? We're yeah, figure, your right just, just put, so put the book in a mirror. Right, you say there. Yeah. You know, so I said, no, I, but, I, can't, I can't, handle this. But you were saying,
0: saying you're, you were saying you're writing a book now. Yeah, and, and what's Finishing. this book? Finishing a book now.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a it's a basic self help book, uh, and that's what I think. You know, it's it's one of those things where you know. It's got 72 faults and it's like a faults and fix type thing. It's sort of a modernized version of one I brought out, I don't know, 20 years ago. And, uh, so, this, you know, it's, and as with the straightaway, it's, it's a self help tool. I mean, so that's nice when you go out and practice. You're actually practicing with a purpose, you know, what you're actually trying to do.
0: Okay, Mr. Ledbetter, I know uh, you don't want to be, but, but I do believe that, uh, you know, someone like you, we, we have to give a little respect to. Uh, LedbetterGolf.com, or where do we get the straightaway? Uh, can you start ordering?
2: Straightaway, StraightawayGolf.com. You know StraightawayGolf.com. The, yeah, the. The landing page is just about to be put on. It's it's, it's really new. Uh, I say I'm really excited about it because I say, and it, the great thing, it works for lefties as well. Okay. So Flip it around, all so you don't right. Have to worry about. And, having and, to buy a special And, and you
0: were kind enough. Uh, I know. A few weeks ago, your uh, PR person uh, said you're going to send it to us, and and once we, we get will. it, I
2: will send. I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you guys a couple. And if you want to give them away to your, the, I was going to say we'd uh, love that. As a contest, we'd love to love to do Could you that. Autograph I that.
0: it with a
1: sharpie or something. Could you do that? Absolutely.
0: Um, sure, we'll, David. I, and we ask. Uh, we I know that you're not. We, we would. I know you're busy, and you're David Ledbetter. But if from time to time, if we if we sent you a note and said, hey. Hey, David, would you come back on the show? Could we have you back? I know this, we're putting you on the spot because you can say yes now and then say F those guys, but we would love to have you back sometime.
1: No, I,
2: I, I'd love to do it. You know, I, I, you know I, I'm still very British in many ways, and I really enjoy Canada, Canada because I, I call Canadians mild Americans. So really, <laughs> I, I really
1: enjoy. enjoy yeah. Hey, enjoy David, that's not, that's
0: not what we call ourselves. We call ourselves smart Americans.
1: Oh okay, okay. <laughs> We're not polite. We're just passive aggressive.
0: Yeah. That's all. Uh, so straightaway.com. Uh, dot com, straightaway,
2: straightaway,
0: Straightawaygolf.com. golf dot com, straightaway golf um, right. I just want to thank you very much. I know Tim's going to say the same thing, but it was real, really exciting to have you on the show, and we we really appreciate your stories. And I know my brother's going to ask me, but just in case, is there a price that if he moves into your basement, is there <laughs> is there a a cost of instruction? The Ledbetter basement uh, plan? Yeah,
2: yeah. It'd have to be the garage,
1: unfortunately. <laughs> we don't have a basement here in Florida, so... All right, um, well, so, listen,
0: sir, thank you we'll very ahead much. Ahead. Tim, any final words for...
1: No, it's it's been uh, quite frank. It's been a real honor. I remember uh, I actually spoke with you at Oakmont about Mo Norman back when I was writing his book, and you were very kind to help me out with his inter- your interpretation of his swing. I remember watching you work with Seve at, at your academy. Yeah,
2: exactly. That was the year I was working with Seve. That was a that was a great year.
1: Enjoyed uh, it, David. Thank you so very I, much. It's, it's been an honor and yeah. a pleasure. Well, uh, and yes, I hope that we get to. Uh, have uh, get to talk to you again, yeah. Anytime, guys, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, straightawaygolf.com. And we'll look forward to giving those away. That was very kind of you, David Ledbetter. Thank you very much. Look at that, that's David Ledbetter. Now, when people say to us, Who have you had on the show? we'll say, Well, we had Ledbetter on. What else do you want from us? Do you recognize this song?
1: Absolutely.
0: I was thinking, Put How can we the
1: bed <laughs> because I'm Good, my next birthday is 66. Of course, I can't remember It's
0: Pearl Jam, birthday. and the song oh, yeah. yes, is called Yellow Leadbetter.
1: Ooh. Yes.
0: Okay, now that he's gone, can I just say something? <laughs> How fucking cool was that? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I just kept looking at him thinking to myself, because, you know, I didn't want to get into it, because I, I just wanted him to talk, but I have that book, The Golf Swing, and... Before I read Rotella's book five years later in 1995, I was, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure I can find it somewhere. I was enamored with that book, The Golf Swing, and Nick Faldo at the time was one of my favorite golfers. And we didn't even get into the fact that, you know, David worked with Greg Norman and Nick Price and all these people. Yeah. But I remember being enamored with the idea that Nick Faldo, excuse me, as chronicled in that book, went through all those changes. And um, all those positions, um, a little bit of that instruction kind of seeped into a little bit of Evershed stuff where he did the thing where you start with your hands, you know, that you um, cock your wrist and then take the club back. That was a big faldo drill all the time. And then when you brought up faults and fixes, I forgot I have that one, too.
1: Exactly. Well, I, you know, I'm a huge book nerd and um it's not just the text, but it's the look of the book. One of my favorite books I had when a kid was uh, Jack Nicholas Lesson T. Mm-hmm. And it was like there were and it was kind of like cartoons. Yeah. I mean it really
0: Like animation, amazing. right. Or animated, right? Yeah.
1: But it was the same with the um the golf swing book with the, the model of David Frost. It was done in this kind of lovely um colours animation. And just glossy. This, it was I very just,
0: it was a glossy
1: book. Oh, I just love looking yeah. at it. It was just a, an attractive book, and obviously uh, it was uh, huge. But, man, what a privilege to have Mr. Ledbetter on our show and to hear about you know he, how he started to talk about the process with working with Nick Falvo. Yeah. That was fascinating stuff. And, and think about
0: what he said. I mean, here we have the guy, along
1: with uh,
0: Rick Smith, Jimmy Ballard, Jim McClain, Hank Haney, uh, Butch Harmon, all of those guys sort of came on the scene around the late 80s. You know, uh, Jimmy Ballard famously worked with uh, Curtis Strange, who won back-to-back U.S. Opens in the late 80s. And then, you know, of course, Butch Harmon, you know, burst onto the scene with uh, Greg Norman and then Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. But think about what this guy started and, and then think about what he said about, and I'm so glad he did that. He brought up that Nicholas thing. And I, you know, I brought that up before in in golf. My way, the Jack Nicholas book, he famously said, and maybe we've even talked about this recently, 90 some percentage of everything you do in your golf swing happens before you take the club back. And here was David Ledbetter, the guru of all saying, you know, just check your grip, check your posture, check your ball position and your aim. Cause if you don't have that in somewhat organized fashion, you don't have a chance. All the other stuff you see online starts with, do you have some of those basics down?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting is that he gets unfairly tagged as yet another one of those mechanics gurus who's, who's having you chase after you know, moving body parts, shall we say. And just as you said, he's you take care of your fundamentals. And he said, you know, on our program, you know, you don't go to the golf course with all kinds of thoughts, mm-hmm. and it's more feel than thinking thoughts. Here's a question. And that's why I think. That's why I think that um, uh, I was really intrigued by his new training device, the yes. straightaway, because it's all about feel. There's no thinking about how you're supposed to do something. You just kind of watch and observe, which I think is huge. So I
0: was going to ask you as a coach. Um, I, I have an, a, an answer to this, but I'm just curious what yours is. Why are we, because we're, we're no different than anyone else. Why is it so attractive to see something on, you know, TikTok or YouTube or social media and you see this teacher and you see this move? and you, What is it about human beings? Why do we find that so sort of intoxicating
1: (laughs) you hit it dopamine yeah dopamine we see it and you get that spritz of oh this is it this is this is this is is it it's it goes right back to when we talked to judson brewer you know the the famous uh mindfulness psychiatrist and he said you know back when we were like knuckle-dragging mouth breathers some of us are still like i was gonna say last week (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly but when we find when we found food Whoa, excitement, dopamine. Same with you know, you get a, a amazing sugar donut if you prefer dopamine. Mm-hmm. And the same for a golfer. When we see something that looks like, oh oh my god, the secret, or this is this is gonna fix my slice or whatever. It just hits us as like, oh, this is it. And so it's so tempting, seductive, addictive to go down that rabbit hole. And into it, and unfortunately, like so many other things, we find that oh, wait a sec, this isn't the secret. Yeah.
0: Well, and and I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by your answer, and I agree with it. What I would also say is, and, and that, and working on the basics of your golf swing is pretty boring. It's just not very, you know, there isn't a lot of dopamine in standing there in a mirror. Or watching your swing on video for how you set up and how your posture is, you know, and, and back to, and, you know, the fact that we're going to get these little training devices aside, but watching the video today, I thought, okay, um, there's a way to check that first couple of feet of your swing, which isn't very sexy to work on. You know, you'd rather talk about, you know, you know, whatever is the Rory move or the Morikawa move, but, To the average player who does what he says, which is suck it back inside. And as soon as you do that, even my buddy Henrik has said that to me, sometimes when I get into trouble, I just start off too quickly. And he's been telling me this for six and a half years. If I could just make the first couple of feet of my swing a little slower, what that would prevent me from doing is pulling it inside my right leg. You that, told me that I've told you that I've t- Here, here's yeah. the thing. It's a fault of a lot of players, good and, you know, mm-hmm. um, intermediate, but this thing that he's invented and it's funny on the video, both of us saw today. day we saw this video of Ledbetter talking about it. He said, I I'm just sorry. I didn't think of this earlier exactly. because it's such well, a basic fundamental move.
1: Yeah. But it was interesting how you, um, kind of leapt on it when, um, Mr. Ledbetter said about patience yes because working on your fundamentals it's not sexy you know people want to go to the driving range hit drivers and um, it, it have, have fun with that you know but if you aspire to becoming a low digit player or just taking your game to another level You've got to take care of those those little things, those foundational pieces, like he said: setup, posture, ball position, alignment, all of that. And I would say that the I like the way he said the the move away. Yes, which is the same. And people may say, "Well, that's just language." To me, it's the same way. Like Harvey Pienik would never say you choke down on a golf club. We don't want the word choke. <laughs> that's so we right. Grip down on it. Yeah. So it's the same with the move away. Um, it's it's just a I don't know. It's just I think a very uh, it's an easy and fundamental, shall we say, approach to your game. And I thought it was cool
0: that... Uh, and by the way, I did that. Just I don't know if you noticed. What I, 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 I snuck that in that your PR company was going to send us a couple of things because I was trying to make sure... I was trying to make yes. sure that we get it. I, I'm sorry. Well, just you are, selfish. You
1: are a veteran broadcaster. <laughs> so, right.
0: Um, you know, it's that old pro thing. If it's free, take three. Um, but I also think it's cool that he's going to give us some for us to give away. Because yes. I think it really will benefit our STDs. And I would love that. And, we're, and by the way, speaking of giving away, we're going to have some... Uh, Uh, Oscar Bravo stuff to give away we're going to have some tailor-made stuff again to give away we're going to set this up for everyone so that you can sort of share in the uh, the benefits that we get from being associated with these people but I just want to go back to something that we we were talking about on last week's show and and we mentioned it to each other before the show started today we've had some good feedback on last week Mm mm-hmm um And where I sort of shared the idea of been working on my swing for three months, not two years in a month, but three months and ended up discovering that, you know, the real secret was in sort of the basics and improving some of those fundamentals and and working on my posture. And then after the show was over last week, I sent you that video of my swing and it was interesting what you said, because even before you hit play, you could see there was a different look to what I was doing. 100%. 100%. And and that was a, that is an achievable goal for everybody. Um, yeah, I had a, more time than most people because I was away and I was in the sun. But what I learned through trial and error is that if you don't set up, and, I, and I've really changed my setup, I'm definitely more in an athletic, ready posture. I thought I was before, but not like I look now. That fundamental foundational feeling, not to be too illiterate, Uh, literary is is it makes you feel like you're going to hit it that you just look like you're ready to hit the ball and it is something everyone can do like that's not hard to do it's boring as shit i'll give you that (laughs) it's so it's really tedious to try and remind yourself to do it every time but i think it's also beneficial
1: well you talked about we talked about integration and that's What happens when you start to do the same things over and over again, they start to become who you are rather than having to think about it. And that is different. That becomes a, you know, first reference to Fred Shoemaker today. um, Excuse me, is a direct experience. It's not something you're thinking about. It's not a concept. It's not something I have to remember. It's a direct experience that you feel. And when you can start Incorporating and adding more layers of experience, particularly on fundamentals, you start to own them. Oh, hello, Stan. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yes, I I apologize.
0: It's thundering here. I'm having it. We're in a bit of a thunderstorm here, and he's freaking out. Like he's just shaking. He does. No, I totally get it. He does this thing. Now, Freddie does this, your dog, not Freddie, my partner. He starts to shake and then he gets dandruff. Like he starts to shed, like his skin sheds. (laughs) It's really weird.
1: Oh, buddy, it's okay. Yeah, Freddie, the other night, Freddie was the same thing. He's like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> okay. I'm not liking this. <laughs> okay, buddy.
0: Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, hope I hope I didn't cut you off in something something important.
1: To me, and just the, uh, one of the key things that came out of our, our discussion last week, which, yeah, you're right, it resonated with a whole bunch of people, was that it wasn't that you were chasing after some know idea of what you know to go back to our conversation with mr ledbert about perfection or a model or something that you needed to aspire to you were working on on your fundamentals you were working on that but it was your own experience it was it was what you were having and and to me that is the greatest way that anyone learns Mm -hmm. it's like there's there's like we said earlier there 's no model swing there 's only your swing
0: well, and what he said too that i I really resonated with me is that you know by the time you 're in your late twenties oh yeah yeah your your golf swing DNA is pretty much set and i and I kind of wish we could have not challenged him on it, but interesting coming from a guy that's spent the last forty years you know trying to get people of all ages to change some some parts of their swing to make them better but i think you know what he would answer by saying well yeah but i'm not saying to overhaul your whole swing i'm saying don't whip it inside right away um have right. a good grip you know yeah. um you know in, in in that book the golf swing with nick faldo and uh david frost like a lot of those things you look at how he sets him up you know and and yeah, you, you know, he took a guy and for 2 years and a month watched him hit balls like, you know, not everyone has that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But the um yeah, it was interesting what he was saying about, yeah, your DNA, I mean, and that's the frustrating part for adults to learn golf. Yes. When you're a kid, it's like my son Corey started playing about 10 or 11. So I played with him last year. was his first round of golf. I mean, he just looked amazing. (laughs) He's got this athletic, fluid swing, bombs it out there. You know, he's 29. He's almost 29 now. But as adults, it's harder. And also what David spoke to, to some degree, is the plateau that golfers hit. I mean, a lot of golfers get into the game. They get maybe introduced to it men and women uh so they get into golf start to take some lessons and they make rapid improvement after but the third year you just plateau and it's how do you take that forward and i think that's you can take your game forward you may not change as david said the dna of your swing but i think you're the way your are your awareness of say target mm-hmm moving in a more instinctual way, those, those types of things. And so I, I think that his uh, straightaway device works nicely with that.
0: Well, another thing he said, too, and, and I, I love this part, was uh, when he was talking about, you know, you might be able to you know change your swing against a model on the range. You might even take it to the course once in a while. But as soon as you're under any kind of pressure, your old swing is going to show up. You're, you know, 100%, like, and, absolutely. And, and as I said to you last week, you know, for a solid month, every other day, pretty much, I taped my golf swing. So I was very familiar with what I'm mean, You know, sometimes you look at it, you just want to puke. And and that, but I was very familiar with the motion of it. And then I took four weeks off of taping it, and then I taped it and I sent it to you. I've watched that swing, the last one, a bunch of times. It doesn't look Way different than the first one I did on January 29th, but the setup looks different. The actual right. motion, how far I take it back, the way I bring it too far inside, all sorts of stuff. They're still the same, but I did affect some change in how I stood over the ball, how I stand over the ball. And and that's really the, you know, as far as what you can affect before the golf season, Um, that there's not much more certainly now there's not much time left to make a lot of changes before you start playing golf in a few weeks out here but you can you can work on those things and it's funny how we've come full circle on this show because we've been talking about nothing but swinging a golf club today but but from a sort of I don't know more of an organic holistic approach versus P6 you need to be here because I think that's impossible. And believe me, Timmy, you and I both know this. We've tried. Well, <laughs> Fucking, of course we have. We've tried. I've, <laughs> okay, it's P6? Should I be here at P6? How you think no, no, about No, 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 no. You're too inside. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Is P7 coming? So, um... Anyway, I know I ordered
1: it at FedEx. It should be here.
0: <laughs> speaking, I was going to say, speaking of which, we're both in our 60s, so somebody's going to have to pee soon. So um, there you go. Uh, very first show. I just checked this is episode 224. Woo. That's a lot of episodes. And uh, really excited that we got a chance to get him on. And in the coming weeks. We didn't weeks,
1: even talk about the Masters.
0: Well, I, I know I was going to say, in the coming weeks, we've got uh, Zokol. Uh, Sasho McKenzie is going to be on the show. Uh, we're going to get. I'm, I'm having Dameron on uh, the yep. Humble and Fred the 19th. show, but he's back on the 19th here. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so funny. I didn't know. I didn't know you booked him because I sent him a note today saying, "Hey, uh, Freddie and I want to talk uh, to you tomorrow about uh, golf." And he's like, "Sure." Because I thought I was wrong. I kind of made a mistake. I thought he got to play in the Masters, but when he won his PGA Tour That's tournament, right, yeah. it wasn't one of the tournaments that were
1: designated as an invitee. Sadly. Yeah. So, hey, uh, real quick. Yeah. You know who I think would be a cool dark horse pick this week, if you haven't already him, Corey Connors. Come on. I agree. This, I agree. This guy is... A, and I love what Zinger said. Um, oh, yeah. At, when he hit his final drive, he could hit it through a donut
0: hole. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it was great. I, and I, I watched all of that tournament. I saw him... Uh, he, he just... It was a round. He never made a bogey. No. We're talking about Corey Connors, not Azinger. Yep. And uh, never missed a shot. Hit it where he was supposed to pretty much the entire round and uh, had some pressure on him on the end. But, um, I, you know, Freddie was doing uh, one of our sponsors on the Humble and Fred show is Bodog. And he said, who do you think when he was doing the read? He said, who do you think are the uh, favorites, co-favorites to win? And I said, uh, let me guess. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy. Yes. Yes. Tiger would be a good bet, I said to Fred. I think Tiger would be a good bet if you bet him to make the cut. Because I I think that's the best you can hope for. Exactly. Joe LaCava said something in an interview I read today. Tiger's caddy saying, you know, um, if he could take a cart, he'd be contending tomorrow.
1: Well, I I would believe that. But
0: he can't walk anymore. It's too hard. It's too hard on his leg
1: but one of the things just back to cory connor's for a sec that he just exuded that calmness mm-hmm. and oh and i love that the nbc talked to mallory yeah, i love his wife his wife's really good. <laughs> and they referenced back to when she yeah. was going freaking out in 2019 that's the first time and i noted this time she didn't have the big silo cup full of wine <laughs> no
0: no uh she had her kid They had their, you know it's funny watching these kids grow up She's they had all, their all own kid there what's that buddy they're all grown up now Yeah with a Like a three um, year old Yeah you know It's going to be interesting The um, I've watched a little bit Of the Live from the Masters The last couple of nights And You know I just like Paul McGinley And I like Led um, uh, Chambly and McGinley and Chambly Go back and forth Very nicely together They do And there's nobody I mean maybe Nance That is I, I Rich Lerner Is just a fine broadcaster man He's so oh, yeah. good,
1: and but um so it's Emmelman now is going to be the right hand man with Nance in the yeah he's now, he's right? been
0: uh, he re- yeah he's been all the all this season he replaced Falda
1: yeah and he's been he's been pretty he's good. good I haven't seen a lot of the CBS stuff I didn't watch yeah. any Pebble Beach Um but uh yeah it, it'll be re- this will be Emmelman's first kind yeah of the big, big coming out you know so that'll be interesting but um no I, this is uh, is this, so this is a holy week in a couple of different ways.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, three different because it's also the beginning of Passover tonight. I know, you know, there's I know that's the other illusion. Um, uh, but uh, Faldo, by the way, speaking of Faldo, apparently he has come out of retirement. He's going to do a couple of tournaments for Sky Sports, yeah. including oh, wow. this one.
1: I reached out to his people. Uh, about coming on this show. So maybe we could tell him we had Mr. Ledbetter. Yeah, and okay. go, well, if, uh, if, if Mr. Ledbetter's on the show, maybe Mr. Faldo should... Well, actually, Sir Nick. Sir Nick,
0: yeah, yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> that'll be our first uh, sir on the program. Um, well, listen, man, i uh, really excited that uh, we had him on, and I I, uh, I think people are going to enjoy it. Uh, thanks to uh, our uh, newest sponsor, who is com. Go and check these... Uh, golf shirts out and as tim said it's very you're you're gonna be the only people you know that have one of these they really are something else and uh, we can't wait to show them off uh, hopefully by our next episode we'll be able to and by the way i'm not 100 percent sure i recorded the video but i'll i'll see um and What's of course the podcasts <laughs> yeah exactly uh but also brought to you by taylormade golf And the all-new TaylorMade Stealth 2 Fairway Woods. Introducing the all-new Stealth 2 Plus Fairway from TaylorMade. It's more than a golf club. It's like a cheat code for your game. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. And Timmy, for the very first time in 224 episodes, we have an actual commercial. If there's one thing we know golfers want from a driver, it's distance. But there's actually two things distance and forgiveness.
1: That's why TaylorMade designed the all-new Stealth 2 with even more carbon for even more forgiveness.
0: Wait, did you say forgiveness like far or forgiveness like forgiveness? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. I'm hearing far. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Exactly. Rory gets it. The all-new TaylorMade Stealth 2. Learn more at taylormadegolf.ca. There you go. How legitimate is that? We had had Rory, Marikawa, and Tiger on the show. Absolutely, yeah. They were on our show. All right. O'ConnorGolf.ca is where you find out more from Tim. Go check him out. Read his Substack. And Humble and Fred, uh, just uh, Google us, okay? All right, we'll see you next time.
1: A band is blowing, Dixie. Double ball time. You feel all right when you hit a inside